The vicious voices of the right are out in full force, and it's time for us to get up and organize against the heartless attacks on our civil rights. Start your morning diving into the headlines and issues that matter to our everyday lives, speaking with changemakers and hearing from you, our listeners. Hear your host, Zerlina Maxwell, break down the top news, push for solutions from officials who represent us, and call out the misinformation and hypocrisy that surrounds us, plus the engaging stories that keep you energized. Get your morning boost of politics, culture, and everything you need to start your day. It's always darkest before the dawn, but the dawn is here. Shining a light on the ruthless forces across the aisle and rising for a brighter future for all of us. This is Mornings with Zerlina. Welcome to Mornings with Zerlina. I'm Zerlina Maxwell. Joining us today, we actually have two guests. The first guest we're going to be talking to is Oliver Willis, who's a senior writer for the American Independent for our favorite segment, Oliver Explains the Right. But also joining us, Molly Jong Fast writer for The Atlantic, also co-host of the New Abnormal podcast. And I think these two conversations go hand in hand. So hello, Oliver. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> it's, it's morning in America and there's been another mass shooting. Um, yeah. Yep. yep. It's, that's where we are. Um, we Sydney, our producer, just uh, said in our chat, in our shared group chat, that, you know, she was off for a couple of days for the long holiday and the headlines were exactly the same when she came back because there's just mass shootings all the time here. How Oliver... It's a constant jump beat. Yeah, it, it, just, it just feels like an endless loop of trauma, um, a trauma loop that we're on as a country. Um, but Oliver, how, how is this all being covered on Fox News? I don't watch Fox News, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't watch conservative media um i do not like intentionally turn there just to see what they're talking about i don't, I don't do that i maybe used to do that but i don't i life is too short for that yeah, shit, for okay sure. I, I got other yeah. things to do like stare at the wall i don't that's more productive um Only the really sad people should, like, my, like myself should do things like that <laughs> well some people can stomach it i i actually i think right. I, I i actually emotionally am affected in a way that you are not, which is great. I, I, I want more people like you who can help us <laughs> understand what's wrong with, with, with these people. But how are they covering it on Fox News? I mean, like, how do they cover dead children in school post-Evaldi um, when, well, you know, for the most part, they, they're supportive of this, this status quo on a policy Right. Level? I mean, what, what Fox generally does with a story like this is they will cover the basic facts of it. You know, like, they, they don't ignore that this is something occurring because this is one of these stories where they can't, downplay that it's a big deal and that something is happening and pretend it away like they do with a lot of other stories like they they you know they pretend like they're covering it like a straight news story but then what they will do and you know they, they're doing it with the shooting in, in buffalo the shooting in texas and i'm sure they will you know today with the shootings that happened last night is they cover these as if it is just it's not a systemic problem it is we have crazy people out there is what Fox will say, you know, it, and we have people with mental health issues and, you know, we need to deal with that. And they basically follow the Republican Party NRA line on this, that these things just happen and that, you know, it has no connection to the widespread availability of guns in our society. These things just happen. And the only thing we can do is this litany of, you know, frankly, crazy and stupid things in response to a mass shooting, which is, you know, we need single points of entry for schools and we need to harden schools and churches. And I guess now Walmarts and hospitals all need to be set up like fortresses. And, 
you know, there, Fox had someone on last week that was talking about setting up traps in schools to, to, to capture, you know, a possible mass shooters around the schools. Like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like one of those things, like, you know, like with the rope in the, in the, like it scoops them up, like in the woods, like in one of those TV shows. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was basically the, the guest that they had on was basically describing something that was like out of a home alone movie, you know, like, you know, the supposedly, you know, the mass shooter comes in and gets hit by a paint can and this sort of thing. And, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And, and it's just the most, anything they can do to step away from, Hey, maybe the problem is the fact that, you know, in a lot of States, like where I live in Florida, you can just run out to the corner and pick yourself up a gun. Like for Fox, that is not a reality that exists. And now you have to understand that like gun stuff is not necessarily front and center in right wing media, and especially Fox. It's always there, but it's not part of the ever present culture war that, they, that they're presenting oh. to their viewers. It, but, but because incidents like this come about, they have to address it and they have to do whatever they can to distract away from the guns being a problem. But, but for them, a lot of the times the gun story is really because they know that this is a story that they don't win on, right? They know that this is not a story where, you know, the right wing solution really has that much of support. So they know that they have to shy away from it, but they have to address it. So they deflect and they just constantly deflect away from it. So that, that's basically how right wing media, which, you know, led by Fox, who is the leading right wing media outlet in the country, how they handle these kinds of things. One of the things that I don't understand, though, is that, you know, I, okay, I get all of that. The thing I don't get, though, is when, so the, the most frequently used sort of response when a mass shooting happens beyond when they go like thoughts and prayers. And I'm like, I don't think you're praying right. Like, I feel like your, right. pray, your prayer actually broke down somewhere because, I, you know, during prayer, God is supposed to speak to you. And I'm sure... I am damn sure God is not telling you. Yeah, just keep everything the same. Dead children in elementary school is fine. That's right. that's it's my one of will. The commandments even. I, I, <laughs> right, it's one of the commandments. Like I, I don't, I don't believe that that is what any God is telling you in your prayer. So I, I am calling BS on the praying. I don't think anybody's doing any praying. There's no praying happening because if there was, something would have happened because there was would have been some sort of intercession there. Um, but the most frequent line used is like, well, that particular background check bill that wouldn't have prevented this particular specific yeah. shooting even though like many of these proposals have come up because they would have prevented a specific shooting so it compounded it would prevent a lot of gun violence i mean how how do they continue to make that argument when it just breaks down i mean in this particular case with evaldi it broke down quicker than usual because the police have been lying from the beginning. So, you know, their their whole good guy with a gun broke down immediately because their first story was it, the guy got past the guys with the guns right. um, after exchanging fire. Now we've the, the news story is that there was no he just like kind of walked into the school without even any problems. Um, so their whole argument breaks down again. And Parkland also had armed security. So right, the idea sure. that. That argument is valid, doesn't work. It breaks down, but it broke down quicker this time. Why do they still right. use that, though? Well, I mean, they, they use it they use it sort of as a, a instant defense shield, right? It, they, they Remember, what you have to understand, and I know especially for you, Serlina, this is hard, but <laughs> the, hard. Logic, the logic ah, doesn't damn. matter, right? The logic doesn't matter. No, like, that yes, can't but... be. I know. <laughs> I refuse well, to accept the out... premise. 
what you just laid out is a perfectly logical way to approach this, right? Like in, in a rational, logical world, the fact that their talking point has been invalidated, you know, unfortunately, hundreds of thousands of times now in our, in our country's history would mean, okay, they need to move on to something different. But, you know, right-wing media, much like, you know, the right-wing itself, you know, the, the Republican Party and the larger conservative movement is not bound by, you know, our, our, our logical rules of how things operate. And so they, they tend to cover these things. I, I thought about it sometimes. They tend to cover these things as like a natural disaster, right, where we can't control what's going to happen, right? When, when, you, when you talk about an earthquake, you know, in the world of uh, broadcasting, you don't say like, you know, what can we do to prevent earthquakes from happening, right? Because you know that like earthquakes just sort of happen, right? There's not a whole lot we can do to prevent it. And that's the way that they tend to cover mass shootings, even though, as you just laid out in the logical world, there are many logical things that you can do to prevent it. You know, tons of other countries have done it. That's the that's other part I, of this. So, so this is this is a point that I always go to. OK, so like there are some problems that are intractable. There are some problems that are really complicated and like hard, like find a vaccine right. for COVID-19, for example, that nobody will take because of politics. Um, that was a miracle of science. That was really hard to do, like making an mRNA vaccine. That's really hard. Like that took decades to do. Um, and so there are problems that really require expertise and like, you know, decades of, you know, dedication and work. Right. This is yep. not one of those things. No, it's not no. a, some sort of mystery of science, miracle of science to solve the problem of gun violence in America. You know why I know? Because they solved it other places. They're, right. Well, human United beings Kingdom, exist France, et cetera. Just yeah. like uh, they're people just like us. There's no difference between the people in the UK and the people here or the people in Canada and the people here. There are people who have DNA, blood, vessels, and neurons, just like us. they got beating hearts. It's all the same. They're human beings. Now, why have they figured out how to set up their society where they don't have to worry about getting shot in the fourth grade by an 18-year-old who got an AR-15 for his birthday? Yeah. <laughs> um, they don't have to worry about that. They figured out how to set their society up so that that is not their lived experience on a daily basis. They do not have to wake up to news every day of mass shootings. They do not have to do that. How they, they figured it out. It's not a mystery. We can just do what they did. Right. Right. But, but one of the things, you, you know, the other thing though, about how right wing media covers this, where it ties into sort of this larger message that they have and why they can't accept that these things worked in other countries is that, you remember in right-wing media, America is always the best at everything, right? Now, you know, in sort of the liberal point of view, like we can argue that, you know, America is not the best at everything and we can learn from others to improve ourselves, you know, like it's self-improvement, you know, by looking at the example of others. But right-wing media for, you know, decades now has said America is the best at everything, you know, France and, and the rest of Europe and, you know, Asia and all of it, they're just a bunch of communists that don't understand how the, the real world works. America is number one in everything. And so for them to look at how Canada handles gun crime or the UK or France or anyone, you know, Australia, how they've handled it is to make a tacit admission that America sometimes gets things wrong. And in the Fox News world and the right wing media world, that that's almost a bigger rule violation than admitting that liberals can ever get something right. You know, <laughs> that's that's almost, a, you know, rule rule number one, you know, one point one in their world. So to look at other countries that have tackled this problem and basically solved it, in addition to, you know, 
bolstering the NRA and the, the sort of right wing gun culture, those things combined is why, you know, on Fox, they can't even admit that, you know, the UK has handled the gun issue because then they'll talk about, well, there are there are knife murders in the United Kingdom. And then, you know, we try to be logical and point out, well, there's there's very rarely a mass knifing of children right. in schools in the United Kingdom. But by that point, they've already moved on to another story to distract you from the big story. And, you know, that's that's how they operate, unfortunately. One of the things I, I also don't get is like in instances of mass shootings like this, it's not as if Republicans are not also being killed. So how, right. how does that work out? I mean, just like how, you know, we had Steve Scalise, who literally was shot oh, by a, so a crazed right. gunman. You're so right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, he's, and he's against any sort of gun reform. I mean, remember, this, so that's the thing. You can, we can say these logical things. Like, you would think a congressman that had been shot. I mean, his life was on the line. You would think that he would be out there saying, okay, as someone who was shot, I support gun reform. Yet, Representative Steve, Steve Scalise, who's part of the Republican leadership, you know, opposes gun reform. So it, for him to oppose it, it's not that hard for conservative media to say, even though, you know, that guns don't discriminate. Guns, you know, kill Republicans, Democrats, independents, anybody. But in their world, even though Republicans are victims of gun crime, it still will never connect for them that something needs to be done about the guns. It's always something else. And again, this is where they talk about it like it's a natural disaster, like it's a like it's a hurricane. Like, you know, in the world of right wing media, they talk about, you know, a, a mass shooting as if, oh, well, it's a hurricane. The most we could do is, you know, batten up the windows, but we're still going to have damage from it. There's nothing else we could do. And this is what they're you know what they're saying when they talk about, you know, we need to you know, add guards to schools and we need to have these drills in schools and we need to, you know, harden the schools and have, you know, one door in a school. And these are all absurd things that won't prevent the problem, you know, which is the guns. But they talk about it like, well, you know, what are you trying to do? Prevent a hurricane from happening? That's impossible. And that's how they treat people like ourselves that, you know, recommend, okay, these common reforms, you know, background checks, et cetera. They look at you as if you're saying, well, what if we just solve hurricanes, which would be an absurd proposal? They treat very rational proposals on gun crime like someone was saying, oh, why don't we just solve hurricanes? And, and <laughs> they make it to their audience. They make it an absurd premise and they just sort of dismiss it with a wave of the hand. Like we can't deal with these crazy liberal and their pie in the sky idea that we could actually stop mass shootings. That's impossible. So we have to come up with these absurd proposals instead. And that's how they no, deal with it. They no, just brush no, no. it off. So get out of the way. You know what I'm saying? If you can't figure it out, even though the answers are all on the table and Googleable on Wikipedia, you know, on the on the post for Britain and under the category mass shootings, this is what the Britain yep. Britain did after their mass shooting to solve it, or this is what France the steps France took war in New Zealand. I mean, it just feels so I mean, it was almost like a joke when I woke up on Tuesday morning, um, and I saw that or no, it was I think it was last week. Canada was like, we're going to change our laws because the epidemic of gun gun violence and mass shootings in America is really just hitting too close to home because it was up in Buffalo, which was like right across their border. I'm like, that is a joke. We, we got dead Americans, dead children, and we're like, no, we can't do anything because Ted Cruz is the person the Texans have elected to represent their interests, and he's refusing to do anything on it, and so is John Cornyn. And so we're just not going to do anything. But Canada, they can change their laws because of our problems. That's a joke. I mean, at, at that point, how how does I, I just feel like I know that I understand that they're not working from 
logic. I know and understand that they're not working with logic and facts yeah. and you know premises that are true and all of those things. But I also don't understand the normalization of death. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, idea they, that like dead bodies that still does not break the fever of this stupid game that they're playing just to stay in positions of power. And in on the Republican sense, you know, at the end of the day, the conservative position is that, you know, big government is bad. And so they get into government and then they f they mess it up. They're like, right. the, you know, they're the hitch and the giddy up, making it function less well. Uh, and then they right. complain and, about how it's not working well. And then, but the thing is, the, the 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 argument about gun rights is often tied into the big government idea because one of the ways that they're able to keep you know the conservative movement in support of you know so many guns in the country is this you know this frankly absurd idea that well one day we might have to take up arms against the government because you know. Joe Biden might decide to send jackbooted thugs after you. And this is a thing that they've pushed for a long time. You know, if you go back to the 90s and they used to talk about the the ATF under President Clinton was, you know, the, the jackbooted thugs coming to you. And this kind of spe you know, speech would inspire, you know, the, the, the Waco standoff and Ruby Ridge and a lot of those standoffs. A lot of those mm -hmm. guys have been inspired by this rhetoric. And so they know that there's this element and it's unfortunately less of a fringe in the world of conservatism than it used to be that, you know, big government is coming for you. But, you know, and, and this is where, again, the logic falls down because they're not afraid of big government when Donald Trump and George W. Bush are president, even though those two guys have tended to use the, the military and, you know, the police forces of the government in a more oppressive way historically than Democratic presidents have. You know, you look at Donald Trump and the way that he used, you know, when he cleared protesters from Lafayette Park, you know, to and and but in their view, that's okay because those are that's team good guy. And so when you say to them, well, you know, what about you know under Biden? What if we you know got rid of this threat? And they're like, no, no, we need to have our guns because some theoretical you know government agency is going to come to the front door and get me, and that's why I need an AR-15. So that's why I'm desensitized to stories about little children being massacred because I, I have this, you know, for the Republican voter, I have this impulse of, I have to be wary that Barack Obama and, you know, Joe Biden are going to send troops to my house. So if the price to pay for that is dead children, dead grandmothers, you know, people going to the supermarket, you know, afraid of getting shot, they're willing to pay that price because, you know, none of this happens in isolation in the conservative world. It's this constant ongoing narrative that has been building for, you know, 50, 60 years at this point. This is why they talk about, you know, they blow up, you know, relatively small stories about crime in New York City to be this, you know, like it's it's Mad Max. Well, you need to have a gun because, you know, the Democrats have let New York go wild. You know, people can't survive on the streets of New York because they don't have guns. But so they don't even live guns. in New York. You don't live in New right. York. You don't even go to they, New York. You bash New York. You don't even like New Yorkers. You talk about us like, you know, I'm former New Yorker, so still always in my heart a New Yorker. But, like, they bash New York. I mean, at their debates, they were, like, you know, one-upping each other on be being able to bash New York. You don't even care about New York. So why do you right. care what the crime is happening in New York needing your gun in Ohio? That doesn't make right, sense. But you remember, 
But you remember, it works both ways too, though, because on the same, and this is why the logic just, you know, when we, we can't apply logic to any of this. Sorry, who, it's just a these default. Are, My brain does it I know. as a default. <laughs> remember, these are, the, these are the same people that justified the invasion of Iraq because New York City was attacked, even though oh New York City is supposedly, you know, the center of all evil in the world. So it's, it's but all of these things work in their brains simultaneously at once. And, you know, it'll break your brain if you try to make them all make sense in one cohesive narrative. But in the conservative world, all of these things make perfect sense next to each other that like, you know, New York must be defended because it's, it's the biggest city, one of the biggest cities in the world, you know, and, it, and it's our New York. But on the other hand, it's the center of all evil in the world because there's all these liberals there. And it's also the center of all this crime. So that's why we need to have guns, which is why gun crime is fine. But <laughs> it just, it's just so many conflicting ideas. And I mean, it's a serious issue, but I have to laugh about it sometimes because it's it, it, it'll drive you insane. It, it'll it, it, there's too many. You know, it's like a, a robot looking at all these inputs and you just have the robot's head exploding like it, it can't make any logical sense out of it. But to a conservative viewer who is, you know, boiled in this stuff remember they're not just dipping into these stories they're they're tuning into these you know fox news shows and right-wing radio every day like they look at you know tucker carlson like the way maybe you and i look at the associated press of the washington post like to them you know he's their walter cronkite and he's telling them that democrats are doing these horrible things to them and trying to take away their guns and they need the gun you know that's why the nra talks about good guys with guns to protect the schools even though as you said earlier that didn't work in multiple no, cases. Yeah. So, okay. Last question is, do I have to, how much time should we spend persuading people who, as you said, do not live in a world in which logic is relevant to them? Um, and how much time do you just ignore those people and build that majority to get the Ted Cruz's and the John Cornyn's and the other folks out of power because they represent a minority who doesn't believe in logic and facts. And so it's like, you know, you, you can, it, it's like talking to a brick wall essentially. Yeah. Right. Because they don't, logic doesn't apply. So like, there's no pr argument you can make. There's no message. Like we always, are, right. what's, what's the Democrat, what should the democratic message be? Like there is no message when you are right, yeah. trying to persuade people who do not believe in logic and facts, there's no message. There isn't right. one. Yeah, I, I, I'm of the I'm, I, I tend to be of the mind that, you know, this is a you know, I say it's sort of like a, a cold that we have to deal with and we just sort of have to move on. Like, I, I understand the impulse of people that want to convince those that are, you know, died in the wool inside conservative media and have these beliefs. Like a lot of the time, these are our friends and family. And so you want to save your friend and family. If you're if you're you know, if your family members spouting nonsense, you want to help them. But I think the really the, the best thing to do is we have to move on past these people because the thing is, it actually takes less time to convince somebody who is maybe somewhat apathetic about politics, but cares about gun violence to come on board and support you know, leaders at all levels, from the local level all the way up to the federal level that support you know, these popular gun reforms. It's easier to get those people on board than to convince someone's uncle that's been sitting there watching, you know, Fox News for the last 10 years that guns are actually, you know, too many guns is actually a bad idea. Like that is that is a very difficult thing to convince someone of who's really, you know, knee deep in what is a cult. And it's a lot easier to take someone outside of the cult who says, hey, I don't like it when kids get shot. 
what can I do to stop this? You know, I'm not that interested in politics, but I want to stop, you know, this from happening. I think to, to me, it makes much more sense. It costs less money in, in, you know, money, time, you know, resources, which are limited to get people that aren't necessarily, you know, all the way on board that are at least in a logical world. There's more of us. That's, a, you know, I don't want to be, you know, Mr. You know, bad news. But the good news is there's more of us that believe in the, the good side of this. Mm -hmm. And it's easier to get those people out to the polls and active than to try and convince, you know, unfortunately, a lot of these people are just lost. And, and it's hard. It, I know it's, it's hard a lot of the times for people to accept that. Like, it feels bad. Like, you don't want to abandon these people. But you know, for the betterment of society, we probably have to. It feels, it feels part, I mean, one of the uh, things I became aware of in the Trump administration is that there are a lot of people who like, you know, don't want to think of themselves as, you know, like having any issues with racism. And, you know, even though their friend or colleague or relative voted for Donald Trump, like they like that person. That person right. is their friend. So they don't want to think anything bad about their friend who's not like, you know, he's not in a clan room. He's not like the rest. Right. Yeah. He, just because he voted for Trump doesn't mean that that person's racist. That's my friend, Billy, whatever. Right. Um, and so I think there was a lot of like trying to um, moderate what the Trump vote meant. Like what would you have to tolerate in order to cast that vote? You had to tolerate a lot. You had to you right. had to listen to an Access Hollywood tape where he was like, "You can do whatever you want to women." They'll let you, just right. let you, you to do twist it yourself in pretzels. You, just, you just do whatever you want. Women aren't people. I mean, like, and then people were like, "Yep, that's great. More of this, please." Um, so you know, I think that there was a lot of um, hand wringing around what that vote meant, and I think that we tried to minimize uh, and sort of normalize um, the significance of what that vote meant and if you were able to sort yep. of sustain that support for donald trump then you know you were tolerating a lot and i don't think you can be persuaded back to the side of facts and common sense and 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 rational um arguments and logic i don't i i think that you're you're gone I, right I just we just that, have to we just, just have to live that, with it that's yeah the, the, the like sad I, part we just it's right. it, we have to live with this like we know that this is a you know maybe 15 20 percent of the population the, 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 the diehards is what i'm saying you know it's 15 20 percent of the population and it feels you know maddening to think right. you know a fifth of the population is like this but just got to deal with it it just has to it's be okay so. you know what <laughs> There are a lot of people on earth. I mean, when you ever, whenever you do math, you know, you, there's a lot of people out there. So right. like, it's just, it, it really, there are a lot of people who are not like this. It's just the ones exactly. who are, are really loud, but they can be drowned <laughs> out if we're also loud. Don't be loud yep. alone in your house, yelling or tweeting into the void. Like pick up a phone, call a congressperson. Oliver Willis, it's always great to talk to you. Today my brain didn't break because I feel like this was like a... <laughs> It was easier for me you're, today, physically. Yeah, you're getting there. Say, you're getting there. Getting there. <laughs> I just had to reject the premise, the idea that we're starting from a premise that was true. That's all I had to do, and then, then it works out fine. When when you just like ignore truth and facts, then then you can totally get into the conservative. Uh, Welcome mind. to my world. <laughs> oh dear, um, Oliver. Thank you so much for being here. As always, Oliver explains the right. Joining us now, Molly Jong Fast, writer for the Atlantic, also co-host of the New Abnormal podcast, to talk about the flip side of this coin, which is the Democratic side of things. So we were just talking to Oliver Willis and. I, I we sh always should put you guys together on the same show yes. because I feel like the conversations really um, connect well. So we were we were basically 
starting from a false premise. That was the only way it would work in terms of understanding how Republicans, um, you know, mass shooting after mass shooting after mass shooting, you know, there's dead children and they refuse to do anything about it. Like nothing about it. We're doing nothing. Every day we're waking up, we're going to do our fake prayers and then we're going to do nothing. Um, We're in power, but we're going to do nothing about it. Dead bodies are fine. That's fine. The children being dead are fine. Canada's doing something. We're not doing anything. Um, So you just have to like operate from a completely incorrect false premise in order to make that work. Um, But it also feels like Democrats spend way too much time trying to persuade Ted Cruz instead of trying to defeat Ted Cruz. Um, Mm -hmm. So in in terms of the strategy going forward, not so much the message, but the strategy for Democrats in this particular moment, understanding all that I just said, which is Republicans are not working in good faith from a from a premise that is true based in reality. And they've repeatedly shown that they're not going to do anything. So there's no point in trying to persuade them or to like, you know, a- appeal to their empathy and conscience like that's over. Just try to defeat them in the elections, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I would even add that the reason why Republicans won't do anything on guns is something that if Democrats thought about more, they would have a lot more success, which mm. is Republicans are worried that they don't want to depress the enthusiasm coming up to the midterms. That's why they're never going to make, you know, you're never going to see them make any kind of deal. Right. And I mean, what's really interesting is there's been that somebody sort of went back and found all the times after a mass shooting that Mitch McConnell had said he was open to bipartisan gun reform. He's not open to buy. He has no interest in that because he doesn't want to depress the base. And Democrats keep being like Lucy with the football, like this time they're going to really do it. And, And I think ultimately, I mean, Again, this, you know, I love Oliver. And one of the reasons why I love him is because um, he's just very, you know, he's just been around for a while. Yep. And so he's seen all of these machinations. But ultimately, I think that um, what Democrats don't realize is that they don't need Republicans to turn out for them at the base, you know, <laughs> anti-gun reform Republicans. They need their base to turn right. out at the midterms and their base is going to be is going to want them to do everything they possibly can. And it's also good legislating. So what is the message for the base to at least demonstrate that they are doing everything they can? I think it's both in terms of what they're saying, but also what they're doing. So we right. talked before about how they need to not just fight, but show everyone tell everyone over and over yeah. on all the shows all the time that they are fighting where are they i do not see them i mean biden on record is reportedly frustrated with the fact that there aren't more democrats on television defending him yeah i would say as somebody I mean, in the media space he's true that's true yeah. they're not on tv doing that I, as much it's as funny they be. yeah it's funny because i feel like biden lately biden has telescoped some really good thoughts and I almost feel like it's the people around Biden who are not delivering, mm. which is really a strange phenomenon uh, and not what you would think. But yes, 100 percent. I mean, what's good is that one of the things I appreciate about Nancy Pelosi is she is like passing bills like a mad woman, like she's mm-hmm. doing more legislation and she's doing it. So, that you know, that's all you can ask in a dem- Democratic majority leader who has a very slim majority and she's still passing stuff. So the question. So, so this comes and look, there should be more more Democrats out there defending Biden. But remember, 
we are not, you know, we're not a cult. Democrats are not a cult. So, well, you, you know, Trump, these, all of these Republicans, you know, you still have them defending Trump, even though he's not in power. Um, so it's a sort of different ethos, but yeah, I mean, I think absolutely true. But, but the other thing is like Schumer needs to say, like, we're going to have a filibuster cutoff vote and Manchin and Cinema can vote against it, you know, raise, I mean, here's something really popular. People really want to raise the age to 21, mm-hmm. right? For these assault weapons. Like I would like to ban them, but, but raising the age to 21 is like, it, it's very hard to defend that people who can't legally drink should be able to right. legally mow right. down 19 children. You know, like this is pretty, this is a pretty easy one. Even Trump supporters like agree with this. So you put it up as a vote, right? You say, you know, have Schumer, you know, say, raise the age, go to Manchin. I mean, this is even popular in West Virginia, right? Because this is a popular idea. Go to Manchin, go to cinema, say, you guys have a choice. You can vote on this. You can vote yes on this for a filibuster credit, or you could vote no. And if you vote no, we know who to blame. And we'll just do it that way. I mean, the thing is, Schumer likes to do a show vote and make mm-hmm. Republicans vote against women and and, you know, but the problem is these Republicans don't care, right? They just want to vote along party lines because they don't want to get primary. But when it comes to cinema and Manchin, I mean, Manchin, again, he's in a very Republican state, but at least he's sort of forced to show what side he's on. And cinema, I mean, is going to get primary anyway. So at least we're seeing who she really is. Mm. And I think it comes, she comes to the base and he says, look, you know, I have worked really hard for you and I tried to do this and maybe you get a Republican. I mean, you know, this is actually a popular idea. And I just think, you know, I think why not try everything? I mean, I think the idea of trying everything instead of saying, you know, explaining to the American voter or the Democratic base, I mean, speaking of trying to energize the base, you know, no, nobody in the base after a mass shooting wants to hear the reasons why you can't do anything. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody, nobody wants to. And, and here's the thing there we've talked about it there are things they could do there are additional steps so unless you do everything it's like the beginning of the war in ukraine it was like you know people were dying every single day and and ukrainian people were like do more do more and and people are like well we can't do this or that i'm like but there are other things on the list that we're not doing why haven't we checked all at least all the boxes you might as well go down the whole list check all the boxes and then maybe you leave out the bottom two because you can't do those but you did all the others you try you know like you got to eat the frog you get ryan tracy like do the hardest maybe the hardest thing but try to get through the list a little bit um it, instead of telling everybody that you can't try yes and we put them there to try right this is why they're elected is to try show us you are trying and i would say that you know rokana has a very smart piece in the new york times today where it's you know do more on inflation show the people that you're doing more now by the way inflation in america not as bad as inflation in europe mm-hmm. like you wouldn't know that if you watch mainstream media but like Actually, the American economy is in a slightly better state because we have full employment. So it's sort of a question of like, do more. The other thing, which by the way, we have a limited window for, which I am obsessed with is do something on voting rights. You were elected to do something on voter rights. You won Georgia on voting rights. Like do, this is like something where it's like Democrats can serve their base, but they can also serve democracy. Mm. And like, 
and do the right thing. I mean, this almost never happens. Like do something on voting rights. Like this is a missed opportunity and also could be the end of democracy. I mean, it's it's really, really important. I, I hope um, there's staffer somewhere listening um, just to, to think through, you know, the way to put this in message form as Democrats campaign, because again, at the end of the day, like I'm in the media now, I don't work for a campaign. And so my job is to sort of lay out the stakes and the stakes right now are about democracy, not about Democrats alone. Yes. And, and so, you know, the stakes are actually higher than they usually are in terms mm-hmm. of um, why it's so important for everybody to engage and participate and vote and protect voting rights. So everybody doing their job, right? The voters are going to organize, we're going to register, you know, Democrats are like, turn out to vote. And we're looking back at them like, pass voting rights and protect our right to the, to the ballot box. Right. And they're like, go vote harder. And you're like, you don't get how this was working. Um, it feels like this is it's like this endless loop of like not solving any problems. Um, talk yeah, a I bit about vote harder. Is a, yeah, I have to tell you, I think vote harder is a loser. Like, yeah, work harder. Right. You, know? you do some work harder. Yes. Exactly. You work harder. We'll, we'll certainly show up to vote for you if you give us a good reason. Like, but, but you can't not do the reason and then insist that I show up to vote for you if you're not actually going to give me any reasons. Yeah. And I also don't, I don't quite understand why Democrats seem it, it sort of worried about making their base enthusiastic, (laughs) right? Like they're like, well, we don't want to deliver a win for the base. Your base (laughs) is good. Your base (laughs) wants democracy and wants like $35 insulin, like deliver them wins. The Republican base wants like, you know, racism and not to teach history. And it's like, well, they're the same. Well, that's such a, you know what? I, 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 I feel like I wanted to articulate the point you just made, but I never found exactly the right phrasing. <laughs> you you and Jess are really both, both of you are really good at that. Um, just being like, oh my God, imagine you excite the base. Oh dear, how dare you? How dare you even try? I mean, that's the thing. You're not even trying. Why, right. why wouldn't you even try to excite the base? And again, like the idea that exciting the base doesn't even help a a democrat who's in a conservative state is also a lie that they tell yeah because if you excite the base you're exciting the base everywhere that helps joe manchin whether he's in west virginia or not because there's a democrat in west virginia whether they tell the truth about that or not um talk a bit about some of the some of the messaging pieces that could help um excite the base i mean i feel like part of part of the calculation especially right now is we're sort of we're about to head into another COVID surge. And I feel like we're already in one. We just never yes. admitted it. So we're pretending we're not in a surge right now. But yesterday I checked the numbers just in Washington, D.C. I checked the numbers all the time. But I, I checked the numbers in Washington in, in D.C. On the last day of March in Washington, D.C., there were 3,319 cases of COVID-19 on May the 31st. That was before the Memorial Day surge kicks in everyone so just so you're clear on this ba4 ba5 already here been here since march not the dominant variant but coming we just went through a holiday weekend nobody's wearing masks anymore we are so the city i'm in three thousand cases new york is like back to march 2020 but nobody's admitting it so (laughs) so in terms in terms of a message here i mean essentially republicans are okay with you dying they're like fine with it they don't want to do anything about that um you know in terms of utilizing the power that they have to protect you 
to protect, protect yeah. the public, public health, whether it be COVID or guns. Um, yeah. I feel like that's, it's, you know, a lot of meat there for, for a message. So how do you utilize those facts that are just facts and craft a message that excites that base you're talking about? Well, I mean, I think there are certainly things that Trump said that were pretty damning and showed a certain, you know, like, for example, remember when Trump said, like, you shouldn't test because yep. then you'll find more cases. Yep. Like, I mean, and, and I mean, the numbers, if you look at the numbers of all sort of affluent European like countries, right? We have all these countries where um, people have, you know, we are the country that has lost the most people. Yep. Right. Like, I mean, so there's clearly there was a failure. Um, and I, I mean, so that I think would be a, a, you know, a very obvious one. I mean, I also think like what the right has done that they've done very successfully, which has really been a problem is they've blamed the restrictions for, the, for what happened in the pandemic. Well, right is it like think about that that's backwards right they're blaming the lockdowns on the fact that all these people have died and it's been terrible so they're right. like sort of equating people's you know inconvenience of not being able to do everything they wanted to do or travel to cancun or whatever um with the death the dead people the people who lost their grandparents and caregivers and moms and dads they're yeah. equating those, those things i mean yes and i also think the thing that i I would love to see from the Biden administration more of is like clearer ideas on public on public health. For example, mm. like should I get a fourth booster? Because no. I haven't been vaccinated Listen. in a long, long time. Listen, I every day I'm checking. I'm 40 years right. old. I do not right. qualify yet, but I need that shot. That's why I'm, right. I'm not out here. I'm not right. out here and, because I need that shot. Right. I mean, <laughs> I'm running to well, get it. it. And it's also like I just would love clarity on this, like. Who should be worried? Who shouldn't be worried? Like, I don't even need, you know, so much. I just wish there were more sort of like clear uh, places where you could get help, you know, kind of like very sort of simple, you know, here's where you should go for this. Here's where you should go for that. This is what you should do. This is why you don't need a fourth shot. This is why you do. I mean, so that kind of thing. I mean, there are a lot of us who are just like normal you know, law-abiding citizens who would just like to know, mm-hmm. you know, what the thinking is behind all of this. Exactly. And I think that could be useful. No, it, it's like, it not just could be useful, but it will literally save lives. I mean, I think yeah. that there, I'm frustrated with exactly that same thing. Um, as a 40-year-old person who is like running to get another booster shot, I'm like, can you just, can I, can it just, can it just, just yeah. put me in, coach? Or let like, us I just, know why. Please that you don't think we need it yet you know what i mean like tell us why we should wait till the fall if you want us to i mean like i just think a little more thought into what what's happening with the booster program would be super helpful for all i also think that they need to clarify what fully vaccinated means because at one point they were trying to say fully vaccinated means including the booster but they've sort of gone back to using the booster language um yeah instead of saying fully vaccinated and i think that's important because people are like well i'm vaccinated i'm like but you had your second shot a, a whole year ago that shit wore off <laughs> like that yeah. you know what i mean like that doesn't work anymore yeah. it, it might as well be nothing um you know and and i was just reading this morning about how um they're predicting you know reinfection is going to be a huge problem i'm obsessed with the idea of reinfection which is one of the reasons i didn't want COVID in my body at all is because um 
you know, you don't know, you don't know the long-term impact of one infection of COVID, but you definitely don't know the long-term impact of multiple COVID infections in your body. Just like letting that virus go into all your internal organs in your brain, in your heart and your lungs and your liver and your kidneys. And like, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm staying clear of it um, as much as I possibly, you know, for as long as I possibly can. Um, And it's scary and it feels like, you know, I haven't heard the president really say anything about COVID in a while. Where's, yeah. Why? Why not? You think? And I and I think I think what's interesting about him is like he's actually the thing I keep seeing is like he's an effective communicator. He's not Obama. Right. He's not a gifted orator, but he's effective. And like mm-hmm. they I feel like they don't let him do enough. And I then agree. they jump in when he says something like and I feel like that's a really, you know, for example, the Taiwan stuff, like America doesn't want China to take over Taiwan. Like, that's very clear. And, you know, the fact that he said it, it I thought that was, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying that. That's the, what the American government is trying to telegraph in a million different ways. That's why the American government went into Ukraine, right? Is to like say that bigger countries can't take over smaller countries just because they feel like it. So, I mean, I don't think that was a gaffe. Like, I feel like there's so much like sort of coddling of him and sort of taking him and he's fine you know he's fine he's a fine speaker and send him out there more and he's you know that's my hot take on that I do I do feel like I mean look I think that certainly the people who especially if they're veteran sort of Joe Biden um, folks like who have been around him for a really long time you know they may be inclined to protect him more because they've sort of been there for you know They'll put you back in chains or, you know, one of right. the sort of off the cuff right, right, moments right. that yeah. became a news cycle. But, it, but right. at the end of the day, I don't even think those news cycles were like that incredibly damaging to to President Biden, you know, full stop. I mean, they were a news cycle on Fox News where people acted uncomfortable, even though all the black people right. in that room cheered when he said that. But, you know, and then that was what the point that I made at the time. I was like, well, I wouldn't recommend that he say this, but the black people in the room seemed to like it. So I, I really yeah. think it's kind of weird for us to sit on a set in New York City and plan about it when the people <laughs> in the room did not. Um, but I think um, at the end of the day, you're right that you know, the American people do need to hear from their president. Like we're living through a mass trauma and we need the president who is uniquely has, has the unique capacity to channel empathy in a way that Mm -hmm. our previous president did not. Um, Mm -hmm. And and we, we need that in this moment. I mean, the first lady also, I think, um, you know, uniquely um, can channel sort of that empathy that we all desperately need. I mean, because yeah. we're I, I'm, I'm just tired I'm tired uh, you know people mm. ask how are you I'm like well I'm personally okay to quote Hillary Clinton <laughs> but the world is not um yeah. Molly Jong Fest we are out of time we're always out of time um when we're having fun um but thank mm-hmm. you so much for being here um make sure to follow Molly on Twitter amazing feed but also read her column in the Atlantic and also listen to the new abnormal podcast thank you so much as always Um, for your really, really good insights. Thank you to both of our guests, Oliver Willis from the American Independent and Molly Jong-Fast of The Atlantic for being here. We got both sides of the political spectrum and analysis this morning. So grateful to both of them for being here. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Zerlina. Check in for new episodes every weekday. 